0: You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, episode 10, Fighting the Flesh. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast. This is Tim Lucas in San Diego, California. And from out in Granbury, Texas, our evangelist extraordinaire,
1: Nigel Ali. Hey, everyone. And up
0: in Food Truck Central City, Portland, Oregon, our in-house research expert, Ryan Goff.
1: Hey there, guys.
0: We're just three regular guys who are passionate about growing young ministers. If you are a young minister, or if you're just thinking about becoming a minister, this show is designed for you. Today, we're talking about what is probably one of the greatest battles as a Christian and as a minister we face our own flesh. Now, Nigel, you've done quite a bit of research in pre- preparation for this episode, and you've also, even before this episode, already had compiled a lot of material on this topic. So why don't you go ahead and get us kick-started in our discussion on fighting our flesh?
2: There are three main enemies of our soul, and the first one is the devil, uh, Satan, then the second one is uh, the world, and third that is the flesh. And these are enemies that don't want us to go to heaven or do anything for the kingdom of God. Uh, the devil hates us, and we know it. And uh, many times, very quickly, we, we blame the devil for a lot of things. And then we have the world uh, and, and the spirit of the world, and the Bible talks about the world, and, and we we resist the devil and he flees. And we can live above the world because of the Holy Ghost. But there's one enemy that we have to face every single day. Uh, you can't cast it out. You can't run away from it. But you have to deal with it. Uh, the Bible says to subdue it. And that is our flesh. I, In my opinion, uh, that's one of the greatest battles that any man will fight or woman, lady will fight. It is their flesh the word flesh is defined uh as not as the physical flesh but it is the uh, the human nature that we deal with and that's what's the frail weak essence of of our humanity um and we have to deal with it every single day the bible says in first peter chapter 2 Verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, as abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Uh, so the flesh wars against the soul on a daily basis. And, and you know, in Romans, Paul talks a lot about the flesh. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 18, he says, For I know. That in me, which which he's referring to, that is the flesh. In my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And and Paul wrestles with his flesh, pretty much all his life, and he he keeps telling us in verse after verse to subdue that flesh, to to fight against that flesh. Man, you guys going to let me talk all the whole time. I'm just
1: kidding. <laughs> You're on a roll, man. Come on, we're going to let you. we gonna let you, gonna let you I, roll
2: with it. I don't know if I Yeah, I've got a whole thing here, but I don't want to be like
1: just preaching away, I guess. We'll jump in.
2: Okay. Well, let me let me see.
1: You know, I think it's hard to talk to people about the flesh because especially nowadays to say that your own self, who you are, is against you. It's kind of a hard concept for people to understand.
0: Well, and then the fact that our entire culture is do whatever feels good, right? Do what you like. And the thing is, it's not anything you like. And, yeah. and I've heard people say if you enjoy it, then it's carnal. Well, that's not exactly quite true. No, that's um, not true at all. Well, yeah. So sometimes people mishear us. And so, yes, we have, you know, and Nigel references this, it, we have fleshly lusts and yeah. lust just means strong desires. Mm-hmm. So we have strong desires that are not sinful. It's just like, I really enjoy running. I really like right. running. That's not sinful fleshly, but it's flesh. It's dealing with my flesh. And so, but it's hard to tell people that, you know, in, in especially here in America, that you're, you are you should not do something that you want to do.
2: Yeah, that's what. See, I'm the, when I'm talking here. That's what I'm kind of feeling. I'm like, man, it's easier for people to blame the devil than to take uh, responsibility uh, of of a weakness that you have in your own uh, in your own flesh. You know, in yeah. your own kind of yeah. carnal nature. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's a
1: well, I it's mean, and Paul recognized that, right? Because he even said, "You know that which I don't want to do, yeah. I do, and yeah. that which I know I should do, I don't do. I don't do, yeah. yeah, because that's the, I mean, the nature of of our flesh, in a sense of who we are, is they desire. Well, they, I, with I don't know. Adam
2: and Eve, with Adam and Eve, when when they fail, they took. On that uh, that carnal nature, you know what I mean. They 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 planted a seed, the law of sin, and uh, and that's the law that wor- works in our lives. As soon as a child is born, they are born with a uh, sinful nature. You don't have to teach a child to lie. You don't have to teach a child to be selfish. It's for their own gain. So it's all to do. F- uh, for for their own benefit, you know what I mean?
0: And that's another thing that's really hard to explain to people. It'd be like, the moment you're born, yeah. you're born, you know, it's like... It's born with a nature. So, <laughs> right. And, and it's funny because throughout history, until fairly recently, people would have agreed with that of many religions, you know. Yeah. Hindus have no problem with that concept. We're born flawed Buddhists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know about Muslims if they address that, but you know. But now it's like no, we people even think that you know we're uh, okay, I don't <laughs> we have go a there. choice I was about to get into politics. Right, well, it becomes kind okay. of a
1: sticky. Yeah, I mean that that kind of opens up a bag of of uh, worms as far as because at, at what point does the conscious really kick in? Yeah, as far as when the baby really understands what they're doing
0: well and so that that brings up the age of accountability and we're kind of off topic here really but it's okay this is important um we'll we'll steer it back before too long but you know and so before that age of accountability obviously god's not going to judge a child And, and my dad's always said and i've heard ministers say and i think this is kind of accurate you know kids before they really understand the concept of right and wrong are not responsible for right and wrong um right but and, you know, some kids, I mean, they don't understand it till they're maybe eight or nine. Others, you know, they're four um, and they get it. Well, obviously they get it because they get the Holy Ghost. You can't yeah. get the Holy Ghost if you haven't repented and you can't repent if you don't understand that something's wrong. So as far as fighting the flesh, how it applies to us, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and really it goes back to our, um, I can't remember the number right now. I, sh- I should have looked it up. Our episode on moral failure. The episode we referenced was episode 4, Guarding Against Moral Failure. So if you want to see that one, you can check out behindthepulpitpodcast.com slash 4. Or you can just find it in our iTunes store. It's episode 4, Guarding Against Moral Failure. Where we talked about, Ryan, you went to a list of scriptures. And I think, not necessarily that list of scriptures... Now, those are all good scriptures, and pr- almost all of them that I'm thinking of right now apply very specifically to this. Because a part of one of the aspects of our flesh is is that sexual temptation. That's part of exactly. flesh, but the flesh is much bigger than that.
2: Well, no, that's w- and, you know. Before I uh, got on the call, then that's what I began to think. Man, it just sounded like, man, we have talked about these things. Looks like. Yeah, but really, you know, and <laughs> and, 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 and we have. You know, and it, I
0: didn't think about it till right now, but it's so simple. Every single one of us, we're in a war with our flesh. We all know that. What's our weapon? The Word of God. We all know that. So, but practically, what does that look like? And I think, Ryan, you gave a very good example of what that looks like. You have a list of scriptures. That You read every single day that apply to the specific war you're fighting. You meditate on those throughout the day. And you win the victory through using the sword of the the only offensive weapon. We talk about that. It's the only offensive weapon we have. You know, the Bible talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we changed? Renewing of the mind. How do you change the way? So it's how you think. You got to change the way you think. How do you change the way you think? the word of God, because it it washes us and and it it renews us. And I really think that's the key is, you know, so often we fight these battles and we try to do it on our own and we fight flesh with flesh. And Paul says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, you know, now he didn't say they're not bombs and guns, but we're not going to get off on that song.
1: Wait, are you saying that worship is the way that the battle? I'm not is saying won? that, <laughs>
0: but we've addressed that. I think we might have even beat it into the ground. Yeah, yeah hey, we man, did. Yeah, I, um,
2: man, why didn't you guys? Why didn't you guys shoot me down when I had brought this up? Because this, I think, this is just going to be a dead horse here that we will be beating. So I, I, I. I well, no, I think
1: I think, think that I, I think that there's. Listen. Moral theory is a huge aspect of the flesh, yeah. but but so are other aspects of the flesh that we don't really want to talk about, like um, I don't pride. know, gluttony, gluttony,
0: pride, vanity, lasciviousness. Yeah,
1: it's true. What you, coveting? You, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I guess I. So okay, well, here's a question. So when does lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes? do the, are those separate Well, I think they clearly are because they're listed they oh, you know yeah. it's Well, I know but I as far as what I mean like what at what point are those separate? Do you I know, know what, what I mean? You mean. And I because I'm lusting with my eyes they part but yet of that's flesh. Coming to the so flesh. I,
0: I, the way I understand yeah. it while of course the lust of the flesh actually you're using your eyes to lust and the lust of the eyes is dealing with your fleshly lusts, I think the implication is that the lust of the flesh is speaking of, like, the way I understand it, and I could be wrong, maybe, Nigel, you've studied it, maybe you know better, is of the sexual type, like that, and and sensual, and not specifically sexual, but that kind of moral part of it. Lust of the eyes is, I want stuff. Because lust just means want, strong desire, overwhelming compulsion type of desire, unhealthy desire. So when you say lust, Mm -hmm. it's not all sexual, you know. And so I think the lust of the eyes is where you're just like you want something and, and you're desiring it and your eye is caught by it.
1: That's how I understand it. Like everything, yeah, everything that you see, you want, knowing that you shouldn't have it or can't have it. And that's the biggest thing. Nobody wants to be told that they can't have something anymore. Yeah. The generation true. used to be where you could tell them, you know, don't do this, knowing that it's good for them, but all you had to say was don't do this because, look, I'm your pastor, I love you, and don't do yeah. this. You, you can't do that anymore. You you have to explain to people, and it's not necessarily it's a bad thing, but you have to explain to them, and they're not just going to take your word for it anymore, and they especially don't like being told that they can't do something. It's almost, it's almost like we're regressing to a simpler state of, like, for instance, my two-year-old does not like me telling him that he can't do That's something so that true. he wants to do. He'll kick and scream, and, well, he won't do that for that long, but he'll, he'll scream and cry and do these things um, even though I know what's best yeah. for him. And that's how society is now. True, and even yeah. in the
0: church, I'm talking. I'm not talking of yeah, guests. true. And sinners. I'm talking about people who've been coming to church forever. are like, it's like it amazes me how people sit here 15 years, and it's like, what's wrong with you? And I've even sat. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah. I've heard. It not. It's not just me. Other people have preached in our pulpit too. And I've preached it and said things like, you know, I mean, and pastors preach very specifically, this is wrong. And I got up not too long ago and preached and said, you know, some of you come to church and the way you dress when you come to church, the things you post on Facebook, every time you do that, it's like you're slapping pastor in the face. And yet they still mm-hmm. do it. It's because they don't, they don't mm-hmm. want an authority in their life. They, they're, Yeah, pastor, I, I want you to be my pastor as long as you're telling me what I want to do anyways. It's like I want my moral justification, but I, you engineers. know, they're, they're not disciples because disciples, they don't ask for reasons. It, it, the reason is because my master does it, because my master doesn't do it. That's the reason. I don't need anything beyond that. And I really think, now we're going way off on a rabbit trail here, but I think it goes back to the problem that came from Bill Heibel, which I like a lot of his stuff, but the whole seeker sensitive, seeker friendly movement which he renounced by the way Mm. so anybody who still is promoting quote unquote seeker friendly seeker sensitive is out of date because the guy who started it says that it's not effective it didn't do what we wanted it to he said we thought we were doing one thing but it ended up and he had an independent um group come in and study his church and the results of it and how it worked and he said i'm embarrassed i don't even want to tell you the results of it but he said what we discovered is we did not make disciples and so he completely renounced seeker-friendly. And from, as soon as I heard of it, I said, well, how about instead of being seeker-friendly, we become Holy Ghost-friendly? Because people that are seeking God, they're going to be happy with that. And I've said for a long time that in, in, our, in too many of our churches, sinners are way too comfortable. Now, sinners should walk in and feel welcome. The moment they walk in, they should feel loved. But a sinner should not for a second feel comfortable. They should, every second they are in our doors, feel so uncomfortable, and it leaves them two choices, one, change or leave. And it it may sound harsh, like, oh, you want sinners to to want to leave? Yes. If they don't want to change, I want them to want to leave. If they're not wanting to change and they feel comfortable staying, then something's wrong with my church, in my opinion.
1: Hmm. Well, because they're not growing. Right. Yeah.
2: They have to move forward to grow. And that's what I've seen at times that people have been in church for, you know, five years, 10 years, and you do not see any change. And they speak in tongues, and they are involved in ministry, but yet they have no change. There's no change that's coming place. And basically, that boils down to they are uh, not growing in God because they do not subdue their flesh. They just want to do their own thing, and uh, they're not willing to crucify that flesh.
0: Yep. You know, something just popped in my head, and I think I... I, (laughs) This is going to sound kind of pretentious. I think I know the problem, where it all stems from. When we, as a movement, stopped taking a strong stand against Hollywood, Mm. I think that's where it comes from. Because if you're indulging in Hollywood, and I'm not saying every single film is this way, but Mm -hmm. if, if you regularly watch Hollywood... You are indulging your flesh, and when you indulge your flesh, you have more flesh, and the more flesh you have, the more flesh you'll have, and it's a continual process that, that if you're feeding your flesh, you're going to get stronger flesh, mm-hmm. and you, can, it's just yeah. it's not possible because you look at what's on Hollywood, you look at what was on Hollywood, you think about what our forefathers as a movement stood against, what was on TV. The, the things that were on TV when they said there's a problem here was things like I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. Andy Griffith, things yeah. like that, and they said... This is not something Christians should be a part of. And I'm not saying that those specific shows or anything. Maybe they just had this, this incredible insight of where it was going to go. I don't know. But the things people watch now and the things I hear them, sometimes I hear people talk about a movie and I look it up just to see, and I'm shocked. And the people that defend watching things, the Bible, Jesus, God said, I don't want my people to even name other gods I don't want witches and witchcraft and all that to even be talked about. And yet we'll sit down and watch things like Harry Potter, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I watched yeah. it back a while before, before I got uh, convicted for it, convicted of it, you know? And it's like, when did that become okay? And then the right, people yeah. who speak against that on, on a unnamed forum <laughs> on Facebook... <laughs> You know, I, someone mentioned that, and it's like they were they were like shot down. Like, how dare you speak against things? It's it's just innocent, and it's like, well, you feed your flesh, you're gonna get flesh. And I really think if we yes, want to cut our if we want to cut our flesh out,
1: we're gonna have to cut out Hollywood.
2: Yeah, that's a big big part of uh, crucifying our flesh.
1: You know, I think the interesting thing about the flesh that we we talked about, you know, blaming Satan. Not blaming Satan for more than what he deserves, but the reality is is that using our flesh against us, I think, is one of his biggest tools. Because he doesn't have to, you know, possess people and do these scary things and whatnot, but if he can, you know, and I know that he can't control things as far as, uh, I don't know, I don't want to give him more power than he de- than he deserves, but... He knows what our weaknesses are. I mean, hello. I mean, we talked about Adam and Eve, right? He's known from the beginning, but he knows how weak our flesh is in a sense that we love things that pleasure us. Yeah. And you're right, Tim. I mean, when we're constantly just feeding these things that make us comfortable rather than doing things that make us uncomfortable where... Hello, growth only comes from things that make you uncomfortable. When you step Mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone, i.e. sweating, if you go and work out, you're fairly uncomfortable while you're working out, but you're better off afterwards. And when you're just lounging around, doing nothing, vegging out, and I can only say this because I'm guilty of it, uh, it is easy, but it's also... A trap that you're creating, you're you're building yourself in, and you're just making it easier and easier for Satan to just throw what would be a little lob, slow pitch could crank it out, you know, and then all of a sudden it becomes this hundred mile an hour fastball. Yeah.
0: Well, and using your analogy of or our analogy, I guess, as a as a runner, every single time you sit back and have a, a veg out day, it makes it that much harder to go do what you're supposed to do. And every time we sit down and, and watch a movie that is carnally exciting, I'm not going to say every single one. Again, I'm going to make that. But every time, because we all, I think everybody agrees, there are some movies at least that are carnally exciting. And so just whatever you want to label those are, I'm not going to argue about how much you should watch or whatever. But when, every time you watch that, it makes it that much harder to pray and connect to God. It makes it that yeah. much harder to get something right. out of your Bible. Why do you think people complain about having a hard time focusing on the Word of God? Because they've been right. sitting there for mm-hmm.
1: you know four or five hours a day watching TV or movies. And what's crazy is the I think the average amount of time people spend in front of a TV is up to about three to four. I mean, maybe getting close to five hours, yeah. but I think it's like that three to four hour range, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh you know, it's interesting um speaking of uh the flesh and more and I know you can't see anything especially on Facebook. Any of that stuff where they're not talking about different popular shows right. and uh Covenant Eyes, which is one of the the things we talked about in the moral of fairy episode uh where they're a monitoring system for uh, online usage. Uh, they had a an article and basically the article was saying basically that Game of Thrones Is porn, but people don't want to call it that because they have a plot, good special effects, and actors that can act. But when you boil it down to it, it Mm. is pornography. Wow. Wow. Because of just because of what they're presenting and what they're showing and what people are expecting with every episode. And that's a very, and they, and that is a hugely popular. Show among all kinds of people, ones that, you know, that are Christians. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, but people don't want to associate it with that because it's not technically your, you know, it wouldn't be in labeled under, you know, pornography or whatever we consider pornography nowadays.
0: Um, You know, I heard Brother Chester Wright make a statement that I've taken. A hold of. He said, I will not do anything. I cannot pray while I do it. He said, now you, at first you think that's going to limit you really, really low down. He's like, but it doesn't. He's like, I can golf and pray. He's like, I can watch a football game and pray. And I've actually learned that's true. I have now, it's funny because there's some things that sometimes I can pray and do and sometimes I can't.
1: Like, Lord, please let him make that field goal right now, please, please, <laughs> please. please, please. <laughs> like, like soccer.
0: There, if I am spiritually, you know, doing well, I can easily have meaningful prayer and watch soccer, and it's it's, it's almost like soccer is far less important. I'm just kind of watching it more in tune with God.
1: Now, no, and in nowhere are we promoting nor endorsing the uh, attendance or the viewing of a professional football or soccer game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Professional, I'm talking about
0: my kid. I know. Just kidding. Um, just kidding. But no. Um, and and you know, but the thing I noticed though is I can't watch it for very long. If I watch like back to back, if I, I one yeah. time I watched, I think three games back to back, and it was like halfway through the second, or I was going to halfway through the second game, I was like, wow, I can't really pray anymore without getting distracted, so I turned it off. Um, now the thing is, if I haven't been praying much, I turn a game on, I can't go ten minutes without being distracted. Yeah. So then I okay, well then I got to turn this off and you know and so that mentality I think would rule out a lot of
1: Hollywood. You know? Yeah, that's uh I'm just I'm just picturing like heavenly father, I love. Oh, come on. <laughs> what are you do? <laughs> No,
0: it's so funny. I'm watching like I I'm a big Arsenal fan. It's a European or a British soccer team and uh they'll play sometimes it's like at the right time where I get to watch it Saturday mornings and and my son he's about two watches with me Judah and um, he now will say Go Go Gunners that's their nickname which I I taught him that on purpose (laughs) he also sees which by the way I'm wearing this jacket for those of you who can't see Um, I'm wearing an Arsenal jacket right now so every time he sees this patch or logo he's like Go Go Gunners it's so cute and um, (laughs) recently he um, also like where were we We were at a restaurant or something i don't know and they had soccer on he was like good kick and he was like come on (laughs) i was like oh man when i started oh speaking Uh. of my son though this is pretty cute um sometimes when you get in the car he'll be like daddy's podcast i'm like yes he knows what (laughs) i do
1: (laughs) and like if i turn it on
0: to listen to or to listen to it um which, yes, I do listen to our own podcast. I guess it's kind of narcissistic. But um, he's like, Daddy's podcast? So, it's like he actually knows what it is. Or if I get the computer out to start working on editing it. So, it's kind of funny. But, yeah. Um, so, sorry for sidetracking us here. <laughs> no, um, sorry. But as far as fighting the flesh, I really think... You know, and it really equates a lot to... We, we brought it up before. Running and, and training... I actually preached a message about this. Now I think about it, the training of an elite athlete. And um, there's two two components in the message I brought out more, but two components that are necessary for elite athlete training. One of them is nutrition, and one of them is training, you know, the, the actual running part. And your nutrition is like what you feed on. It's what you read, what you watch. Um, And so if you're feeding on junk, you're never going to stop being carnal. You're going to be carnal. If you're watching carnal stuff, if you're reading carnal stuff. Right. And and I'm the the, the medium of TV. There's nothing sinister about the waves that go through the air or through a cable that it's moving pictures. But it's what's on those moving pictures that's the problem. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's interesting. uh, Ravi Zacharias, which I don't know if you guys have heard him. He's probably the leading um, apologist of the Christian movement as a mm-hmm. whole, very much deals with um, thinking things through. And he has a podcast called Let My People Think. He really encourages Christians to to have thought out um, through their faith and, and not just accept things. But he's, somebody asked him, how do you deal or how do you com- have a conversation with young people in this post-modern world where everything is relativistic? And he said, you will never teach them how to think critically if you don't teach them to read, I think you will never learn to think like a Christian until you learn to consistently read your bible It's just you can't right. do it it's it's it's, yeah. it's there it's simple, but that's the only way you're ever going to fight your and beat your flesh the only way you're ever going to start thinking like the Lord. You you have to you have to do it. Yeah, you just have to. It's it's
2: yeah. The Bible is very clear on how we handle the enemies of our soul, and which is including the flesh as well. And that is, you know, if you if you talk about crucifixion, you've got to do stuff that uh, that's not pleasing to your flesh, and that is pretty much that we are trying to crucify the flesh in order to be alive in God you know i think i've i've, br- I've said this before uh, maybe not but i was listening to this message from uh, sister nona freeman and she talks about the flow of the yes. spirit and uh, how the angel came and gave her 18 things right. That stop the flow of the spirit, yeah. and she was talking about why we do not see signs, wonders, and miracles, and uh, you know th- through our lives, which should be a normal right. thing. It is because uh, they, there is a f- blockage in the flow of the spirit, and and we want that power, but we are not willing to clean our vessels for God to uh, uh, work through flow through us and uh, you know if you if you feed your flesh the carnality and and carnal things and and uh, through your eyes and through your ears and and, you know with the way you talk if you feed your flesh with all the carnal things uh, you will be filling your your flesh with junk And, and like we have mentioned the, the more you feed it, the stronger it becomes, and the harder it is to, to get rid of. And, and by crucifying the flesh, you are making yourself alive in God. And, and uh, you know, crucifixion was a means of death that was frowned by God and men. Crucifixion is one of uh, history's most ignominious way to die. And God's word declares those who are crucified to be a curse of God in in Deuteronomy, and and the Bible says that Jesus was made a curse for us through his crucifixion. So now we have the responsibility of crucifying our flesh. Uh, in, a, in a spiritual sense, as the means of control to be alive in God. You know, Romans tells us, our old man is crucified with him. Uh, Galatians 2 tells us that Paul was crucified with Christ. Uh, Galatians 5, uh, they that are Christ have crucified their flesh. And, and uh, Galatians 6 says, a cross is, is the means by which we are crucified to the world and the world to us. And, and Luke tells us uh, that we are disciples um, through the crucifixion of Christ. And so if, if you want to live for God and be active and involved and and have a demonstrative ministry, we have to crucify our flesh. And the way we do is is that we are to deny ourselves. We are to take up the cross daily, and we are to follow Him. And how do you do that? Prayer, fasting, Bible study, church attendance, altar work, communion, washing each other's feet, um, uh, loving our enemy, giving time and money to the work of God, and, and and these are things that will uh, keep our mind away from from the carnal nature. And, and that's what we need to do to be alive in God and, and the mind of Christ be in us. And uh, if you want to control your flesh, these are things you do. And they're so basic, but you will see that it makes a difference in yeah, your life. It's funny,
0: you, it, um, it, it, halfway through when you were talking... I thought of something, and then you referenced it before you finished. There's really two ways for me that, most notably, it, I feel like I'm dying. One of them is early morning prayer. I do not like yes. waking up early. It's like death. <laughs> and so that's a great way for me yeah. to start my day off intentionally saying, Flesh, be quiet. I'm going to do yes. this. You just yes. sit on the back burner. The second thing that you, men- that you mentioned of the list that I had thought of was fasting. Um, I remember yeah. Brother John Arcovio um, back mm-hmm. while he was still, you know, part of us, said that there is no better way to defeat the enemy of the flesh. He wrote a really good book mm-hmm. called Three Warfares. Um, that, that's very, very good, and, and um, I wish I had a copy of it. I think I might have a copy. I need to find it. But it, dealing with the flesh, he says that the best way to um, defeat the flesh is to have, go on a three-day fast. He said a one to three-day fast yeah. you're dealing with your flesh. You're not dealing with anything else. You're dealing with your flesh. He said a three-day fast will work wonders in defeating your your mm-hmm. flesh. And I know my dad always told me, he said, son, if you will make it a habit that throughout your life one hour a day you spend in prayer and one day a week you fast you will hardly have to f- fight your flesh. And yeah. it's amazing. And it's, you know, I... Wow. I have not consistent in that, and I didn't even think about it till we started talking about it. So I'm glad we went ahead and did this topic because I didn't think about it <laughs> right now, and I need to start fasting again. You know, we make excuses. I oh, do. Yeah. I make excuses because I have a physical job. I'm an electrician, so I do a lot of physical things. And so I say, oh, well, I need my strength, but it's just a cop out. It's yeah, an excuse. I think
2: uh, it was a month ago that uh, there was something that was just. Uh, bothering me in my flesh and uh, and on a Sunday I was in in a service and I felt God nudging me and very strongly I felt that I need to do a seven day fast and uh, you know the Holy Ghost prompted me that if you fast these seven days uh, you will you will go into a different level in your ministry in your walk you need to get a breakthrough in your flesh uh you know something will break and uh you know i have done fast before uh, you know i've done three day fast i've done seven days fast i've done a 21 day fast you know and uh, But I've never really felt it as strong as I did That this is from the Lord From the Holy Ghost And I told my wife I said you know what Even if I die I have to keep this commitment You know what I mean And uh, it was just liquid And it wasn't like I I didn't feel released to make like You know when you do a long fast How you, uh, you feel like you can juice up you know vegetables and all of that and and I yeah. I didn't feel a release at all it was just plain liquid and uh, to for seven days and I'm telling you through through that fast I did not feel much uh, but I felt strength uh, every day that I can keep going and uh I realized after the third day that it was in my mind that I was battling, but God had given me the strength uh, in my in my stomach that I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hungry, but my mind kept telling me, "You've gotta eat. You gotta eat. You're gonna pass out. You're gonna." And I had to go to work, and I had to go to church. <laughs> I had to preach. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was just uh, something that. And and yeah, you're right. Once I did that, I felt uh, something broke in, in, in the spirit and in my flesh. And I found victory in that.
0: You know, it's interesting about fasting. So who is the first person or what was the first voice Jesus heard after his fast? The devil.
2: The devil. <laughs> and the
0: thing about fasting and someone, I don't remember who, someone that was used in, in the supernatural realm said that, You have to be careful after an extended fast, they said, because what happens is you become, you you mute your flesh, you defeat your flesh, and so you become sensitive to the spirit world. But you Mm -hmm. can't, it's not like you can become just sensitive to the good spirits. You just become Mm -hmm. sensitive to the spirit world, so you have to be extra careful in discerning the spirits. I always thought that was interesting. But it's, the reason we're not in tune with the spirit world is because we have so much flesh. We're more in tune with the flesh world. And more, when yeah. you can kind of kill your flesh a little bit, you're more in tune with the spirit world. Mm-hmm. It certainly yeah. certainly is so much easier to hear God speak w- hear after God. fasting. Yes, that's true. You know? it is. And we talked about it this is. before, that Jesus Christ was God in mm-hmm. flesh for 30 years right. before he started his ministry. Yeah. God in flesh. And it took yeah. him fasting. It was after he came back from fasting that right. the scripture says he came back mm-hmm. in power. And then he started doing miracles. Yes. And, you know, if God Almighty had to do it, maybe I need to just bite the bullet and not not bite right. the food. <laughs> 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 so, uh, one of you guys want to wrap us up, Ryan, and end this, and this, uh, this circular mess.
1: The circular mess. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I think I really like this, uh, episode i think this episode is going to be relatively entertaining for the couple of people that listen to it, just because we kind of go on different points and it's more of a conversation that's that feels more organic and natural i hate just the word of. organic i know that's why i said it because i knew you're you gonna say that there's a lot of things you hate tim that i, try to, I try to touch at least I one pre- every. i episode. appreciate that someone needs to keep me uh <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah uh but you know the thing is is the reality is is we last episode we talked about burnout and next to burnout the very next thing that kills spiritual ministries and walks with God is that's moral true. failure fleshly failures and so this is this is a, a very important and a huge So I guess issue. next episode we, sh- that we need next to talk episode about? we
0: should talk about money because that's probably number 3 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no you're right. Uh In all well series. for divorce, oh. but Well, I was talking about for uh, ministry too.
1: But yeah, well, that's anyways.
0: Not yeah. no, that's true. You know,
1: so I I th- I feel like this was, you know, it's it's good to, it's been, you know, it's been four or five episodes when we talked about moral uh failure, but this this is more encompassing yeah. because there's other avenues and and it's not so focused and pinpoint on just like less desire against uh, sexual desires basically Mm -hmm. um so because i mean that's it money lust of the you know coveting wanting these different things these are all things of the flesh and i think uh we're just kind of capping you know we're just at the tip of the iceberg with a lot of these things and i think as our podcast uh continues and grows and we go from uh let's see there's me you there's me nigel tim Uh, So when there's more than just three listeners, uh, hopefully this will continue. (laughs) We can delve into some deeper things. Yeah. On that note. (laughs) No.
0: Yeah. You know, and I just thought right now, I remember Brother Griffin. And um, by the way, guys listening and gals, I guess, I know at least one gal listens, Jenny. Next episode, we're going to talk about how Bible school influenced us. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be a great episode. Um, We're going to um, talk about how Bible school influenced us. And then also, you know, maybe we're going to talk about some of the lessons we learned. Maybe we'll even fit in a few stories here and there. Um, But one of the teachers we had at school that was so impactful in my life was Brother Griffin. And he said, he was kind of talking about this subject. And he was saying, you know, if you are struggling with your flesh. And I'm pretty sure he was referring to sexual temptation. But he said, if you're struggling with your flesh, memorize the first half of Romans six. And he said, if you will commit to yourself that you will quote it before you indulge any temptation, he said, you will never indulge another temptation again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, because that scripture is so just, it, it specifically, I mean, speaks to it. Let me pull it up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how it starts. It starts, um, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Let's see. Okay, it's pulling up. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And this goes on, you know. But by the time you get a few verses in, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I can't continue in my sin anymore, you know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's just one example. And I think, but that goes words back to words. what we referenced earlier in the episode. Find some scriptures. And this is not just for this topic, this is any topic that you're struggling with, that you're dealing with. Find scriptures that speak to that and meditate on them. Meditation is the key to success in your walk with God. It's amazing how much the Bible talks about meditation, and we get scared of it because of the Eastern aspect of it. But the Bible is very clear we need to meditate, think deeply on the scriptures. So find you some scriptures that apply to it. Well, it's funny, Ryan thinks this is a great show. Halfway through this episode, I started thinking, man, this is going pretty rough. So um, let us know what you think. If you thought this was a rough show, we're okay with that. Let us know on our Facebook page. Tell us, that was pretty rough. Or if you like the more informal style, you can let us know that too. Otherwise, you can go to our website, BehindTheBulletPodcast.com. You can comment on the post. Our show notes will be there at ten. Um, you can also contact us at contact contact.BehindTheBulletPodcast.com. And until next time, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast.